Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hey, good morning, Revival Life Church. Uh, I'm just so grateful uh, that you welcomed me into your living room or your car or your phone or wherever you happen to be watching on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, great, great to be meeting with you today. Uh, I was just uh, thinking about how uh, last week when we gathered, I thought things were going crazy then. I would, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember when the biggest problem we had was just finding toilet paper? Do, do, do you remember that? It feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? I mean, we are in a whole different era today. It is a little nuts. So let me, let me tell you uh, what's been happening to me in the lockdown. Uh, let me tell you this first. Uh, we are not um, having a political conversation today. Uh, we are not having um, a, a racial conversation uh, today. If you would like to have that, I'm more than open to it. But there are so many resources out there now. And, uh, and at Revival Life Church, we're just a multicultural church. And uh, if um, you don't know what's going on by now, I doubt anything I say could help. So we are going to talk about the gospel and how we can affect our region, our city, ourselves with the gospel and try to help what's going on. Because I don't know about you, but I felt a little tossed in this season. Have you felt that? Have you felt things are a little crazy? Let me tell you what happened before service today. Uh, I was at home. I was getting ready for service. Um, you know, wash up, get ready, um, change so I can look pretty for you, Right. And uh, I put on my jeans and I go to zip them up. And I'm like, woo putting on a little weight here. With the Rona, I was like, man, I didn't really realize that it was like affecting my clothes. And I said, honey, did you wash these jeans? Because they're feeling super tight. This is weird. And uh, she's like, no. I was like, well, they were laying right here on the bed. I thought maybe you did my laundry and I uh, just didn't put these away yet. And I thought I would wear them. And she said, are you wearing my pants? <laughs> and I was wearing high-waisted jeggings, which apparently don't fit me, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that. yeah, so, hallelujah. Uh, so, so in case anybody wants to shop for Christmas, high-waisted women's jeggings do not fit me, right? Just an FYI there. But that's how, that's like, just things don't fit in this season. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't at least make a statement from Revival Life Church about what's going on right now. And I think it should go without saying, you know, if you look at us uh, on the Internet, the way we describe ourselves everywhere is a spirit-filled, multicultural church. Uh, we so value uh, the different cultures and uh, different people groups that it's in our church description. Before the city we're in, before a vision statement, Spirit-filled, multicultural church. We value so many cultures, and sometimes we, um, some people feel so devalued that they got to speak up a little bit. And uh, we value all lives. We want uh, people to feel valued. Uh, we are against um, racism of any type. Uh, we believe that it is against the nature of Jesus. We're against sexism. Uh, we believe that Black Lives Matter. Um, we believe that uh, brown lives matter. We believe that your life matters. And we pray that you get full um, 
personhood in this season. I pray that those of you who feel held down, that something will change. Uh, Amen? I hope that uh, is all right with you. Uh, I feel like in this season, so many of us are so disappointed in what we see happening around us, Um, but there's kind of morphed into a culture of outrage. And we've kind of drifted away from some of the basic tenets of Christianity. And sometimes we need a a bit of a, a, a checkup on what the, what the basics of this whole thing is about. And sometimes we try to get into the deeper things, the, the more nuanced parts, and we forget kind of what the foundation is for Christianity. I don't know what you've been experienced, but if, uh, if it go by the conversations I've had and what I see online, um, there's a lot of fear happening right now. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of distrust of different people groups of what's being said there's unfortunately a fair amount of judgmentalism and there's a lot of bitterness happening right now and if we don't watch ourselves we can get swept up in the news of the day we can allow people with an agenda to dictate what we think And it's super important for us that we live our lives on purpose. We don't just skate through life. We don't just allow somebody else to decide what we believe or what we find important or who we find important. I think a lot of people in this season have found out that how they look at things was just dictated by the people who raised them or the city they grew up in. And um, I've talked to some people who are humble enough that they had to call people and say, hey, help me understand what's happening. And I I so respect that. As I get older, um, I realize the less I know about other people without asking them. Um, We were making jokes here before the service, and uh, there's kind of a common thing that people like to say. Uh, They'll say things like, I can't be racist. I grew up playing football. Or uh, I can't, I'm not a racist. I have a friend who's whatever. And uh, You don't know what it's like to be that person unless you've been that person or you ask them what it's like. I'm amazed at how many people are experts in running a church who've never been in ministry. Uh, It's amazing how easy other people's problems are when it's not your problem, right? It's really easy to come up with solutions that aren't your problem. We need to be humble enough to ask people, what is going on with you? Help me understand why you voted for that person. Help me understand why you feel this way. Can you bring me into the circle that I'm clearly not a part of? We want to live life on purpose. We don't want to skate through seasons. We don't don't want to lose time. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't mission trip this season. You you know what mission trips are like. Like You gear up for it and you, you pack and you go to a foreign country and everything's going to change and you do something really exciting and then you come back home and you fall back into the cares of your life and it was just a memory or some pictures or maybe some, uh, something that comes up on your time hop or, and it just becomes that trip you went on. Don't, don't let this season just be a mission trip, right? Don't, don't, don't allow what's happening in the world to just pass you by without being marked by it. If you come out of this season completely unmarked, you've really missed it. Marked for the better, hopefully. And this coronavirus... Uh, the turmoil happening in our country, the political turmoil. We want to make good, educated decisions 
for our lives. And we want to remember that at Revival Life Church, Holy Spirit has been preparing us for this season. He has been preparing us. He's, as you remember, I've talked about this recently, how Holy Spirit told us, hey, don't, don't make the economy your idol. Watch out. I'm, don't worship politicians. They're going to let you down. I have been talking extensively for the last several years about the hypocrisy in politics and how if you think that your politician is the good one. Now, not everybody in politics is a liar, but I haven't met a politician who hasn't stretched the truth as part of their political job. And lying is sin. And we have to have leaders who aren't liars, like Jesus, right? You can't go wrong with the Word of God. You can't go wrong with the conviction of Holy Spirit. This is who we need to be following. Here's what I found kind of funny. Follow me, and I'm not going to get political, but I want you to hear this in a prophetic sense. A couple weeks ago, the political right said that lockdowns are bad. They said that mass gatherings are good. They brought their guns to the mass gatherings, and that was American. Now, the right says, lockdowns are good. Mass gatherings are bad, right? The political left a month or so ago said, mass gatherings are bad, lockdowns are good. Now they're saying, mass gatherings good, lockdowns bad, right? It, if you're setting your life on what the right or the left in politics is doing, you are setting yourself up for a lifetime of disappointment. Jesus Christ, his opinion has not changed with the times. His preparation has not changed. Holy Spirit's leadership does not based on what men are doing. He actually knows what's going on. As a Christian, as a Christian leader, I am highly disturbed by what I've seen in the streets of Washington, D.C. I am highly offended by the government taking over St. John's Episcopal Church so that a politician can have a photo op. I, I need our country to repent of this. This is ungodly. And I hope that every minister will stand with our ministers in Washington, D.C., calling for this to end. This, this was wrong. They turned holy ground into a political battleground. We cannot allow that as Christians to happen. I don't care what their theology is. I don't care what, who the pastor was. This is wrong and we cannot allow it to continue. That being said, let me tell you some good news, if I could. I've had this conversation with my family since we are a multiracial family. Uh, we got everything in our family, um, including you know, a good portion of African-American and Italian and Jewish and all kinds of great stuff. Let me tell you this, and some people are going to be in pain to actually hear this. Things are actually better today. Things are better today than they were 10, 15, 50 years ago in America. It's better today to be a person of color than it's ever been. Is everything good? Oh, of course not. It's not an either or, and don't let anybody force you into that dichotomy. Things can be better and still not be good enough, right? We can have made progress, but still need more progress. Don't fall down to these new, these, into these news cycle drain holes. My wife and I are a multiracial couple. 40 years ago, that would have been a much bigger problem than it is today. 
100 years ago, that would have been illegal. 200 years ago, one of us would have been a slave. Things are better today. My wife and I walk around as a multiracial couple and nobody cares. My son goes to college and there's nobody who has said, wow, sure is a privilege for you to get to go to a college like a free guy. Like things are better, right? We have to recognize that our country is going in the macro sense in the right direction. Our world is going in the right direction. My wife's family fled from uh, Russia, from the uh, pogroms in, in Russia, where they're obviously gathering up and killing Jews like they've done for centuries. Fled the anti-Semites in Germany, and they came to America for freedom. My wife's father's family came over on slave ships. My mom's family came over and my dad's family came over from Europe as economic refugees, both of whom were experienced prejudice against because of their ethnicity. Today, that wouldn't happen, but then it did. Nothing like the uh, African-American community has gotten. But things are better now. I have a multiracial family and nobody cares, right? Let's keep everything in perspective. If you're fighting for Black Lives Matter, do it. Go ahead, man. Run after it. If you don't understand why people are so worked up, have a conversation. Let's not judge one another. Let's begin to have dialogue with people. I can't be quiet about racial issues because these are Thomas family issues. These are Revival Life Church issues. These are kingdom issues. But the rampant racism is the narrative that sells. Police violence is terrible. And yes, young African-American men are being shot in the back by police. It happens, but it's on the news and it's a big deal because it doesn't happen all the time. Once is too much, but we have to keep perspective. Don't stop fighting, but don't fall down the hole of thinking that at any moment now, we're going to start going back to the 1800s. I hope that helps, but here's what I want to help you with. We have to watch our heart, and I want to help you keep your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Hear me, we have to protect our hearts. You cannot get bitter. You cannot get judgmental. You cannot give your heart over to pessimism. You have to remember the kingdom we belong to is in heaven. If you consider yourself American first or Brazilian first or German first, that is a temporary label. The eternal label is that with Jesus Christ. I was um, talking to a, a football player this week who coaches football. He played football his entire youth. And after last week when I talked about how we need to give up our anger, this is not a healthy emotion, he said, you know, when I played football, the coaches would always tell you to keep that anger going. Keep it in you and then let that anger boil over so you can be more physically dominant. And that's what the enemy does. He wants you to hold on to anger so he can use it. This is not Christ. This is not a lesson for healthy living. Man, if you are upset about what's going on today, yes, do something about it. And let me say this. This, this, this isn't in my notes, but hear me. Give me a little latitude here. 
if you're marching in the streets or you're on social media or you're calling people, whether whatever side of the political debate you're on, you can make your voice heard through social media and marking, in, 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 excuse me, social media and marching. But that's not where your voice counts. Your voice counts in prayer. Your voice counts when you vote. Your voice counts with where you spend your money. That's how you make your voice count. When you give your finances, when you cast your vote, when you get on your knees and you pray, that's how you make your voice count. Don't confuse the tune. Don't, don't confuse outrage for eternal change. Hallelujah. I hope you still love me. Watch this. James 1.19. James says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Christians have been tricked into thinking that we can force people to be more godly. We have abandoned, as a church, evangelism and discipleship for trying to get the right politicians in to pass laws. It does not work. If that, were work, if that would work, then Jesus would have let them make him emperor. He would have taken over the world systems. He didn't. His kingdom is a spiritual one, and what people need to do is get saved. Give their heart to Jesus. Allow Holy Spirit to transform their hearts. They need to get saved and allow the transforming work of Holy Spirit so that they can be a vessel of love. This is what we need. We are called to make disciples of Jesus. Disciples of Jesus. Not to pass new laws. Yet we need godly laws, absolutely. But we have neglected our call that only the church can fulfill, and that is to make people disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only we can do it. The courts can't do it. The president can't do it. Congress can't do it. Your mayor can't do it. Only followers of Jesus Christ can. And the scriptures have things to say about what's happening right now. Look, Proverbs 29. Scorners set a city aflame, but wise men Turn away anger. I haven't met anybody who said, I'm okay with rioting. I don't have a problem with looters burning down buildings. There's always knuckleheads. There's always people who are exploiting other people's pain. Of every race, of every creed, nobody is saying, I don't know anybody who said looting is good. If you do, hit me up in the comments. Nobody is arguing for that. Is it a problem? Of course it is. But again, don't let anybody force you into a false dichotomy. Either you're against looting or, I mean, no, not either or. I'm against looting. I'm against racism. I'm against police brutality. I'm against, I'm against lots of stuff. I'm for Jesus. Jesus understands unrest. Let me show you one more scripture. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. It's the ability to control what's happening on the inside of you that enables you to get some stuff done. And that's what we need. Some people who can get some stuff done. I feel this unrest. I am, I'm upset about what's happening in our nation on many levels. I'm upset people are dying to go to hell. 
I'm upset that there are people who say they're speaking for God and they aren't. I'm, 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 I'm sad about the false prophecies. I'm sad of the apostles and prophets who have put themselves in situations that they're leading people in things that God never said clearly and don't repent of it. But Jesus understands this unrest as well. He had political leaders. He had religious leaders who said they spoke for God and they got it wrong. And he knew they got it wrong. Jesus foresaw human suffering and he saw unrest. <clears throat> when Jesus was overlooking the temple in his last days of his earthly ministry, he was sitting on a hill, he was overlooking the temple. And in Matthew 24, he told, was telling the citizens of Jerusalem what was coming in their lifetime. He said, this is what's going to happen in your lifetime. Matthew 24, verse 5, he said, Many will come in my name saying, I am the anointed one. Christ is the word for that, untranslated. I am the anointed one and will mislead many. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. Does that sound like anything? Now, that happened in the life of the Apostles, those hearing it, like Jesus said, and uh, Jerusalem was completely destroyed. And Jesus and the disciples, the people who wrote this book, they lived through hard times, much worse than what we're going through. And yet they held their faith. Their faith was bigger than their circumstances. Jesus saved us so we could become the temple of God. So we didn't need a stone building in Jerusalem. We didn't need even a building in Boca Raton. We are physically the temple of God. I need you to hear this because this is so important in this season. You have the presence of God with you. If you're a blood-bought child of God, if you've received the Spirit, you have the presence of God with you. He is actually with you, and that's been His plan all along. I got a, um, got a text from Corey early Monday. And someone posted on uh, Instagram or either a snap or on Insta story that there was going to be a protest at the mall. And they said, we're going to have our voice heard by any means necessary. Now, there's little dog whistles, they say it. Things that only people listening for it would understand. And by anything, any means necessary is kind of a harken back to the 60s when people were advocating for violence to get their voice heard. Why would you have a protest at a mall? Why would you do that? The town center mall is not on a main road. It's, the parking lot is huge. There's no people driving by. There'd be no visibility. Why would you do that unless you want to cause problems? Well, we live in a great city, and the Boca police said, hey, uh, we need this mall. Uh, I don't think we're going to let you do that. So they blocked off every entrance into the town center mall. But before that happened, I was really praying. And I was like, what are we going to do about this? Because there's been all these riots and looting. And I, I was like, not in my town. Yeah, I'm, I'm for reform, but we can't, I, I have the presence of God. I cannot allow this to happen in my town. So I texted uh, Corey and Sam and I were kind of texting one another. And I was like, not in my town. When I, actually, I think maybe I 
put that in my story. I'm not going to let that happen. I have the presence of God. I'm not going to allow this to happen. So my family made our signs, and I was planning on going to protest and praying the Holy Ghost and the presence of God. I was hoping I didn't have to speak up to make anything to stop people from doing stupid stuff, but thankfully the Boca Police Department blocked off the mall, which I am very thankful for. And so the protest started on Glades Road, uh, as, as I'm sure you know if you're watching this. And uh, we were out there with other people protesting, and I got to let you know, I was out there about an hour and it was hot. And after about an hour or so, I felt like my voice had been heard. Can I, can I be honest? I, I felt like I've been heard. People have honked. I feel like I'm good. So after about an hour or so, I uh, left. Corey and I left. I left with my daughter. Or no, Corey and I left. My daughter stayed. My, my wife had left to make dinner because she's an amazing woman. And, uh, and uh, my son stayed. And about 45 minutes later, I said, let me just go check to make sure my boy is okay. Not, not that I don't trust him. I totally trust him, but it's my son. So I ride out there on my bike on Glades Road, and there's nobody out there. I'm like, well, this is not good. Where are the marchers? Where are the protesters? Oh, they had walked up Glades Road. They had been heading west on Glades Road, and now they're heading back east. And I said, well, let me just hang here for a little bit and see what's going on, where this is going to go. So I asked my son, I begged him actually to don't do anything stupid. And I said, hey, if anything stupid starts happening, I want you to run. Don't be a man. Don't be cool. Run. Run home. All right? So we're walking up Glades Road, and we get past the mall. And just as the crowd gets past the mall, a torrent of police cars come off of I-95. It was highway patrolmen. I, could, I didn't know they had this many Florida highway patrolmen. And so they all came and they lined shoulder to shoulder from one side of I-95 on the bridge all the way to the other. And I was, again, I was there and uh, there was an, uh, a guy a little bit younger than me there. And we were walking. I was walking on my bike and he looked at me and I looked at him. I said, things just got real. And he's like, yeah. Oh, and then he cursed. Right. I didn't curse. He did. And so I was like, oh, and you could feel everybody's blood pressure beginning to rise. We've all seen the news, clubs getting swung and ugly things happening. And we've seen protesters do stupid stuff. And uh, they began to march toward the police. And uh, I begged my son not to do anything stupid. I'm thankful he didn't. And uh, as they got up to the police, <clears throat> the police didn't move at all. And uh, they started doing different chants and they were yelling and I was right there. And... Uh, and um, a couple people tried to start agitating the police. A couple, there's always a couple knuckleheads. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to actually step up now? And then leaders in the crowd started screaming at them. Don't you provoke them. Don't you bring violence to our protest. I was like, I felt the Holy Ghost of God. This was a self-identified lesbian woman who was rebuking the crowd not that that's an out of character because of someone's sexuality. What I'm saying is that's someone who the church would say is beyond redemption. And here she was rebuking people from inciting violence. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I knew that was my God moving on my behalf because she was a leader there and they would hear her where they may not have heard me, who was older than most of the crowd and whiter than most of the leaders. <clears throat> At that point, the police officers 
got on a megaphone, a young man spoke. I don't, I don't know which one. And they said, listen, we hear you. You can march wherever you want. We can't let you on I-95. And so uh, people started chanting. The police started chanting with the people about wanting justice, about police reform. And then the captain of the highway patrol called for his officers to take a knee. And then the people took a knee with the officers. And at that moment, there was communication. It completely diffused the situation. Now, the police could have released dogs, and they would have been justified, not in releasing dogs, but in forcing these people off of the road. They didn't have a, they didn't have a permit to march. They could have used the way of force, but instead they used the way of communication. They decided to humble themselves. And because of that, it just kind of dissipated. And as people were there now, the police were actually on their side. Everybody was kind of looking at each other like, well, I don't know what to do now. And people just started leaving. Now, I know people stayed and marched, but by and large, that was kind of the end. And it was a prophetic act for our city. I, I believe it's a prophetic act for this time. We can't bring the solution unless we identify with the problem. If the police said someone else needs to change, nobody would have gained their respect. If they'd have said, hey, this is your problem, not ours. It's us against you. But instead, they decided to bridge the gap. And then there was understanding that happened. After the temple was built by Solomon, God spoke a word, and He said in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal the land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive. Now I understand that He was telling them what could happen in the temple. I get that. But we are now the temple of God. We are the temple. And where we will be humble and we will try to understand what the problems are, we, the church, we, the people who are called by His name, can bring the presence of God into these situations and bring healing. In the middle of the river of God, there is a tree and the leaves of this tree are the, for the healing of the nations. And our nations need healed in this season. And we are the ones to bring it. We can only repent of problems we identify with. As long as it's their problem, we don't have a solution. It's got to be our problem too, church. It has to be our problem. As we prepare to receive the table of the Lord, <clears throat> I, want to, I want to challenge you a little bit, as, as I do. We have first Saturday serve coming up. Oh no, we just had it, we just had it yesterday. If you didn't partake in first Saturday serve, I want you to do something this week. Serve your neighbor. Serve your city. Serve your family. Be a change agent. Love somebody with nothing in return. Romans chapter 10 says it this way in verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. We can't just think it. we got to actually, it's got to change our heart. It's got to change our life. We have to put our beliefs in action.
He says, with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, but with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. We have to actually do something to be Christians. Yeah, by, through faith, by grace. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But it says here we have to actually speak it. There's, we have a part to play in it. We have a part to play in the salvation of our city. We have a part to play in the salvation of our church. We have a part to play in the healing of our nation. I, w- I want to I encourage you in this season to be the presence of God. We're not gods, but we can be the presence of God in our town. Amen. Amen. I, I, I pray that this has been a blessing. And now we're going to receive the table of the Lord together. And um, this is the table of the Lord is always powerful for me. We are gathering. Thanks, honey. Come on over. Don't you love my wife? Amen. She's so cute. She laughs at my jokes. That's her best quality. And she lets me try on her jeggings. <clears throat> in Matthew, we read about Jesus in the first communion, and he gathered people to his table. Jesus has never stopped gathering people to his table. All ethnicities, all are welcome to the table of the Lord. One day we're all going to be at a very large table having an amazing meal with ribs and barbecue. I believe there's going to be barbecue at that table because how could there not be barbecue sauce? And there'll be no vegans in heaven. I mean, vegans will be there, but they won't be vegans because they'll have no fear of eating anything because everything will be holy. We could eat whatever we want. This has absolutely nothing to do with anything biblical. I just like to think about eating and not gaining weight. But we are going to receive the table of the Lord now. Hallelujah, honey. We're going to receive the table of the Lord with churches all over the world, with those suffering and with those rejoicing. So on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. Receive the broken body of the Lord. Hmm. How? And he took the cup. Wow. And he said, this is the cup of my new covenant. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your spilled blood for us, and the other that you welcome to your table. Help us to be aware of all of our brothers and sisters who are hurting in this season all over the world. Receive the cup of the new covenant. Hallelujah. Let me end with this. If you're offended about what's happening to people of color in our nation. I just want to make this plug. There are persecuted people all over the world. And just like people of certain colors or ethnicities or religions in America are getting a hard time of it, there are Christians all over the world who are being murdered for their faith. 
And if this is a, if you're wondering what can I do next, join Voice of the Martyrs. They support the martyred church all over the world. It's an amazing organization. And if you want to help people in America, there's so many great ways to do that. The greatest way you can do it is just be nice to people. Make friends and speak out for, uh, against adult bullying. It's pretty much that simple. But hey, we love you. And we're so thankful for your life. Thanks for taking part in our service. We just declare blessings over your life today. We just declare peace and a settled heart and that you would be the presence of God in someone else's life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen, amen and amen. God bless you.